welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. My name is Jackie Raymond and I'm speaking today from Camaragal country on the north side of Sydney Harbour at ACU. I would like to start by paying my respects to the Camaragal elders of the past, present and future for their care of this country for thousands of years, including today where there are high rise buildings and an urbanised lifestyle. I'm a mother, a teacher and a student with an interest in spreading the gospel of creation co-creating community and I love singing and dancing and being with nature both in the wild and in urban settings. Watak and the Grail invited me to preach a sermon as part of their new podcast series. At first I felt a little overwhelmed to be tasked with providing a homily and at the same time I felt deep gratitude for being called to share my reading of John's Gospel chapter 3 verses 14 to 21. I would like to begin my reflection on the context of the gospel reading, just to explore the beginning of the conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus, because it provides some background that can help us perhaps better understand the reading for today's reflection. I will then move into three related subjects from an integral perspective, lifting up the Son of God, eternal life and judgment. So for some background, the story of Nicodemus visiting Jesus is at night time a time of darkness. Nicodemus, as a leader of the Jews, goes to Jesus because he recognises that no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Nicodemus is expressing a sense of awe at Jesus and perhaps wonder, but he's not yet feeling trust. So potentially there may be some jealousy, suspicion and a challenge too. Jesus senses this testing of his power and knowledge and responds saying, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Does this mean that without being aware that we are all from God and this is God's story with creation as actors and agents of God's love together with humanity, we fail to grasp what the story is about? Nicodemus inquires in a very literal way and possibly ask for himself too. He says, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? And here we have an opening for grasping this understanding that earth is our mother and our birthing with her and God is ongoing. God is ever present in, with and through creation. Jesus responds by pointing out the origins of our birth, naming physical and spiritual elements of water and spirit. Jesus points out the wind and where it comes from and where it goes is not known, he says. Jesus also says, if I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? 
Jesus is sharing with Nicodemus that the tangible and real material presence of God's creation is a very real way of coming to understand God. Jesus makes clear that believing in our creator and the divine presence of God in creation is key to understanding that which stretches beyond earth into the cosmos and in the realms of heaven. So now to the passage of John chapter 3 verses 14 to 21. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of God be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. This is a story about being given new life or being born again, being born anew, or as from above, which we heard about in the introduction. It's also another way of seeing our faith journey of life on earth as an ongoing invitation to conversion in Christ, which is always within the context of creation. When we open up to see the whole context of creation in Christ's call for us to have eternal life, we can see that our whole human life from conception to death is a journey of ongoing metanoia or turning ecological conversion where our salvation through eternal life is physically and spiritually tied to our relationships with creation. Creation is the place and it is also an agent of God's love. Thousands or millions of agents as part of creation in one symphony or harmony of life through which we are constantly relating to our creator, but not always in life-giving ways. There are parallels between the Moses story and the Jesus story that might be able to help us in our lives today as we are living in the time of the COVID health pandemic within the broader crisis of climate disruption and the interrelated biodiversity crisis, particularly when we see that our relationship has encroached on wildlife, particularly in the pandemic context, the bats where a zoonotic disease has entered into human bodies. In both Moses and Jesus' stories, the people were in danger of death because of their sin. God provides the agent of salvation, the bronze serpent in the first story and the son of man in the second. The agent of salvation is lifted up in both stories. The people are saved by looking at or believing in God's agent of salvation. However, there are also a couple of significant differences between the Moses story of the bronze snake and the Jesus story. The bronze snake was only a piece of bronze, having no saving power in and of itself. When the Israelites began to make offerings to the bronze serpent, treating it as an idol, Hezekiah destroyed it. Jesus, however, is invested with saving power and is worthy of our worship. Looking at the lifted up bronze snake gave the Israelites extended physical life. Looking upon the lifted up Jesus gives us eternal life. Reflecting on these agents of salvation and noting that both of them are material, tangible parts of creation, what is God providing for us as the agent of salvation today? What is it that we are being called to lift up? 
the term lifted up has multiple meanings in this gospel. It refers to Jesus' cross, but it also refers to his resurrection, his ascension and glorification. Jesus will be lifted up on the cross, the great paschal sacrifice. He will be raised up on the third day, conquering death. His cross and his resurrection and ascension are simply different facets of his glorification. From an integral ecological perspective, as Pope Francis called for in Laudato Si, when he lifted up St. Francis of Assisi as his namesake, Pope Francis, he also calls us to be in tender, caring, loving relationships and contemplative action with creation. So I'm reflecting on what it is that we're being called to lift up and to hold up. What is God asking us to lift up today and throughout our lives? Before we answer these questions, we can also notice that the passage is inclusive, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. This is for everyone, not just the Israelites, but to all the world, which Jesus makes abundantly clear in the following verse. For God so loved the world, and the Greek word for world is cosmos with a K. So for God so loved the world or the cosmos, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So what does this sound like to you? Is it about having eternal life, life everlasting personally? That is certainly a gift to behold, life that is everlasting. We tend to think of eternal life as life without end. And it does have that sense. However, it also refers to a quality of life lived in the presence of God. And where is God present? Well, God's present in the whole of the cosmos, including within ourselves. So what kind of relationship or relationships are we being called into with this presence of God in creation, with Christ resurrected in creation, the cosmic Christ? Relationships that are life-giving for all, where life might be everlasting, our lives, yes, but also the life of God's creation. So perhaps it is life itself, life which always is in communion with Christ, that we're called to lift up. The final verse in the reading today brings clarity to the story of salvation to us and creation. It wakes us up to the potentiality that we are holding up things that perhaps are not supporting life for ourselves, for future generations of people, and for God's future creation, God's work in creation that's ongoing, this amazing story of life. God sends the Son not to condemn the world, but to save it. We ought not take the gift of God's Son lightly, it was an enormous costly gift for God to give, considering the 4 million years of Earth's evolution and 200,000 years of human evolution. And we ignore the gift of Jesus and creation at our peril. Jesus is with us to hold open the door to the kingdom of God so that those who would enter on God's terms could be saved. It is human decision rather than divine fiat that condemns those who refuse to accept God's terms. And again, it prompts us to ask questions like, 
what are we holding up to the children of today? What are we holding up to others around us, to creation in our midst? And ultimately, what are we holding up in who we are and how we live with God? Each day when we wake up, we're presented with God's love in creation all around us, holding us in our breath while we sleep, in our bodies as we sit up and take our first steps towards the bathroom or to make a cup of tea. The choices we make each and every day are essentially what we're holding up to God, whether that be in the food we eat and buy, our ways of transport, the relationships we choose and what we attend to each day. Is it our faith, our intentions and actions, or God's grace that determines the question of judgment about our salvation? Well, I think it's all of these things. We need to live in healthy relationship with all creation and according to the Spirit. Paul says that the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. So the invitation of the reading today is that we need to bring these gifts to bear and the way we do that is walking in the love and the light of Christ as communities of life on earth. You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church, and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac, watac.net.au and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence, by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.